0: Welcome to God Mode, Living Life Undefeated. Join us each week as Pastor Chris delivers a message to encourage, challenge, and empower you to live life in God Mode. All messages can be listened to at www.godmode.life. Let's join today's message. Hey everybody, welcome to God Mode. It's great to have you all with us. I'm so glad you're here. We're going to continue to look at God's Word. If you're new with us, we're in a message series called When Pigs Fly. We're looking at a God who does miracles. Last week, we talked about God's power over the forces of darkness. Next week, which I think is one of my favorites, we're going to talk about a God who has the power to protect. And then in the last week, we're going to look at a God who miraculously provides for his people. Today, I want to do is talk to you about something that I believe has the potential to really build your faith and also that we can literally see miracles from God today. I want to talk about a God who does miracles of healing. Question, how many of you believe that our God has the power to touch a sick body and make it well? I absolutely, completely believe He does. In fact, if you look at all throughout Scripture, the Old Testament, miracle after miracle of healing. In the New Testament, there's at least 30 different miracles where Jesus healed people of sickness in their bodies. It's implied that there are hundreds and hundreds more miracles of healing. Jesus opened blind eyes. He healed deaf ears. He made the lame walk. He raised the dead. If you look at the book of Acts, there was a time when the Apostle Paul was preaching. It's kind of a funny story to me. He preached so long, Luke said he went on and on and into the night. I don't know about you, have any of you ever been born in the middle of a sermon at church? I mean, he went on and on so long that this poor kid was sitting in a window and he fell asleep in the middle of the sermon, fell out of the window and died. I know that I have put some people to sleep probably with my sermons, but to the best of my knowledge, I've never killed anyone with one of my sermons. The poor boy falls out of the window and dies. Thankfully, Paul goes down there, lays hands on him, raised him from the dead. If I'm Paul, I'm like, whoa, my sermon killed him, but I healed him. I mean, then we see other miracles in the New Testament when Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. You know, there are so many different healings that we see throughout the Bible. I believe in a God that has the power to heal. In fact, this is what Jesus said in John's Gospel, fourteen twelve. What did Jesus do? He healed the sick. I believe the same power that healed the sick when Jesus walked the earth heals the sick today. And God does it through faithful prayers of His people. We serve a God to whom all things are possible. A God who can do exceedingly and abundantly more than all you can ask. Think or imagine according to his power that is at work within the church. That's why today we're praying for a miracle from our God. I believe in a God who does miracles. I've seen God do so many amazing miracles of healing over the years in my life and my walk with him and the healing of my own body. I've even seen him heal an animal before that was dead and God brought him back to life. But how many you of have ever prayed that God would do a miracle and heal someone and he didn't do it? You know, my spiritual father and pastor, his son had a baby, who baby boy named Cruz. And when baby Cruz was born, he had some complications and he was sick. And all of us just knew this is right for a miracle of God. So we all prayed. Not just people in the church, but people all over the world prayed for little baby Cruz. But baby Cruz didn't make it. And I believe in a God who can heal. And sometimes I'm a little bit confused. You heal an animal, but what about a baby? God, you made my back feel better and a 17-year-old died of brain cancer? Sometimes when you believe God can and he doesn't, it can unsettle you. It can shake you and rock you. Where is God? God, I knew you would, but why does my son still have migraine headaches? I believe you could, but why does my daughter still face depression all the time? God, we've prayed and prayed and prayed, but why did grandma die of cancer? I knew you could. And a lot of people will conclude, well, evidently God is either not real or he's not good or he doesn't care. How do we reconcile what do we do and how do we go before God and how do we pray if we believe that he can and we know that he has, but he doesn't always do what we know he could do and think that he should do. I want to talk about that today in a way that might answer a few questions and at the same time build your faith in a God who hears our prayers and does miracles. Let's build the message on this foundational thought. It may be obvious to you in your real life, but it may not be obvious to you just how true this thought is in scripture. Our key thought is this. We need to understand and embrace the truth that our God heals, but he doesn't heal everyone all the time. Our God is a God who heals, but he doesn't heal everyone all the time. You would know that to be true because most of you have prayed for things and it didn't happen. But a lot of people don't recognize or realize is that this is incredibly true for people in Scripture, those who faithfully serve Jesus. I'll give you three quick examples. There's a guy named Trophimus. And all right, Trophimus was one of Paul's friends who accompanied Paul on his third missionary journey. But whenever Trophimus got sick, God apparently didn't heal him. And we read in 2 Timothy 4.20, Paul says, God not only didn't heal him, but I left him behind. I just kind of left him there and, and went about our business. God could have, and God didn't. Same with Timothy, who apparently had stomach issues, and Paul told his young protege, Timothy, in other words, God could have healed him, but he didn't didn't so so that you could use what else would make you better. God could have, but God didn't. And then, of course, there's the Apostle Paul, who, if you know his story, had something that he calls a thorn in his side, a thorn in his flesh. We don't know for sure what it is. Scholars have guessed it was bad eyesight, temptation, or all sorts of things. We don't know for sure what it was, but we do know Paul pleaded three times. And when he pleaded, it wasn't just like a 30-minute prayer session. The word originally, language, means it was ongoing, persistent, and pursuit. Three seasons. Three ongoing, passionate, desperate seasons of pleading with God to take this away. I know you can. I've seen you do bigger things. Please, God. And God says, no. I could, but I'm not going to. In this case, what I'm going to show you is that my grace is going to be enough for you. Our God can. He often does. But when he doesn't, how do we deal with that? Tragically, if I can just kind of get up into the church world a little bit, sometimes well-meaning Christians can say really hurtful things. Well-meaning Christians. You know, well, I mean, your daughter's sick, and really the reason is because there's sin in your life. If you didn't have sin in your life, that wouldn't be going on. You know you're not praying right. You're doing something wrong, and it goes on and on and on. And well-meaning Christian can often heap guilt and condemnation on someone else when God isn't doing what we know he could do and think he should do. And some people will be so eternally hurt that they literally walk away from God or at least walk away from the fellowship of other believers. What do we do with a God that we know can and doesn't always do it? And at the same time, how do we let our faith grow to continue to ask Him for miracles of healing? So let's build a foundation. I want to give you three reasons why Jesus did not do miracles. He often did, but sometimes He didn't. Why did Jesus not do miracles? Number one reason is that Jesus refused to perform miracles to prove Himself. To prove Himself. I don't know if you've ever done this. I did it all the time as a kid. Just do this one thing, God. If you just do this one thing, then I'll know you're real and I'll serve you forever. God doesn't play like that. I wish he did. It would be so much easier, but he doesn't. He's God, and for some reason, he does what he wants. He refuses to perform miracles to prove himself. Mark gospel in Mark 8, the Pharisees came and began to question Jesus. What was the motive of their heart in this case? They were trying to test him. They're asking for a a sign from heaven. Do something to prove that you really are the son of God. And Jesus, he just kind of sighs deeply. He's kind of going, you're making me crazy. I'm not doing tricks for you. And he says, why does this generation ask for a sign? Truly, I tell you, no sign will be given it. I'm not doing miracles to prove myself. I do miracles that are in line with the heart of God. So the number one reason he didn't do it was to prove himself. Number two, Jesus never performed a miracle that interfered with God's ultimate plan. I mean, this is so important. He never performed a miracle that interfered with God's ultimate plan. I'll show you an example in one story where Jesus chooses to do a miracle in one moment and a moment later he withholds a miracle when it was within his power to do it. It's a powerful story. It's the story of Judas when he betrays Jesus with a kiss on the cheek to show the guards who he was so that they could come and arrest him and take him to the cross. And Peter, who I like, I mean, he, gets, he just gets ticked off. Peter's a good old boy, and he says, "Uh, you're not going to do that to my Jesus. And he pulls out a sword, and he goes for the Roman guard's head. And I'm not sure this is what I think. I think he was going for his head, and he missed, and he got the ear. Good intentions, but bad aiming. Cuts the ear off. And so you can imagine when you read it and you just, you know, just kind of how it looks that you can imagine the old guy's blood coming out of his ear. There's pandemonium, his ear flies off and Jesus is just, you can just sense his disappointment in Peter, like Peter, 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 I've got this under control. This isn't what I wanted you to do. And Jesus kind of like, okay, where's the ear? Somebody find the ear. Imagine they cut the ear, it flies, it rolls, maybe it's in the bushes. And he's like, Find the ears, guys. And and he goes, Give it to me. And then Jesus takes it and he does a miracle. He takes it and he puts it on Malachi's head. And I've always wondered when he did that, did he say, God in my name? I know, I mean, because we always say in Jesus' name. I wonder if Jesus said, in God in my name, did he say it? But he does, he says this and it heals the ear. He does a miracle. Then he has this teaching moment. Peter, I'm not going to let this happen to you. And then Jesus doesn't do a miracle. He says, I could have. Watch this. He says, don't you realize that I could have asked my father for thousands of angels to protect us? And then boom, God sends them. There they are. He could have sent them instantly. But if I did, if I asked for this miracle, would the scriptures be fulfilled that describe my What must now happen you see in one moment he does a miracle and in another moment when it would interfere with God's ultimate plan he withholds the miracle even when the disciples around him don't fully understand when did Jesus not do a miracle he didn't do it to prove himself he didn't do a miracle that would have have temporary earthly benefit at the cost of eternal godly benefit when it interferes with God's plan And number three, Jesus didn't do miracles where there was no faith, where there was no faith. When he went to his hometown, people were not impressed with Jesus. I mean, they grew up with him. Yeah, isn't that Joseph, the carpenter's son? Isn't that the annoying kid that, you know, that was the teacher's pet that got all the answers right and never talked too much in class? I mean, that's just Jesus, the son of Joseph. And scripture says that he did not do miracles there. Why? Because of their lack of faith. We have to understand that our faith moves the heart of God. Our faith matters to God. When you pray in faith, it touches the heart of God. Let me give you three examples. There was a woman who couldn't stop bleeding for 12 years. She's embarrassed, she's in pain, and she's ceremonially unclean. Jesus walks by. By faith, she reaches out and thinks, if I could just touch the edge of his cloak, just touch the end of his garment, I'll be healed. She does. And he he feels the power leave. And she looks back and says, well, you know, kind of go, he's going, what was that? She said, I just believe. And Jesus looked at her and said, daughter, now say this with me as you're listening. Say this with me. Somebody help me out. He says, your faith has healed you. Then there was a man with leprosy who falls at the feet of Jesus and worships him. Jesus looks at this man and says, rise and go. You're what? Come on, say it. Your faith has made you well. Then we have a blind man who screams out. I can't see you, but I hear you. I know you're there. Have mercy on me. And Jesus says, go. You're what? Your faith has healed you. Our faith moves the heart of God. What is so interesting to me is that according to the scriptures, there's only one thing that we have that ever amazes Jesus. When you look at all the gospels, Jesus was amazed by one thing. Do you know what amazed Jesus? Our faith amazes Jesus. Sometimes he's amazed like, wow, that was amazing. Other times he's like, uh, that's all. I mean, you don't believe I can do anything? I mean, there's two different times, two different extremes. One, a Roman centurion had a servant that's sick and says, Jesus, I'm not even worthy for you to come into my house. Just say the word. You don't have to see my servant. You don't have to touch my servant. You don't even have to walk in that direction. I just believe you say the word and he will be healed. Jesus says the word, he's healed. And scripture says Jesus was amazed and said, I've never seen faith like this before. And in the hometown of Jesus, where he he was a prophet without honor, he looked on and said, I'm amazed that you don't believe that I can do anything. I'm amazed, he said, at their lack of faith. I'm curious, when it comes to your faith, if Jesus were amazed, would he be like, wow, amazed, Or would he be like, wow, even if you just look at the prayers you prayed last week, what did you ask for? Was it big? God intervening? Wow. Or was it like, God bless my food. Keep us safe today. Kind of wow. I mean, is that all you have the faith for? Something that amazed Jesus is powerful, strong faith. Wow. He's amazed. Or it's almost like, heartbreaking, insulting faith. Really? That's all you believe? What do we do if we find that our faith is a little bit on the lower end? What if we're more like the wow faith rather than the wow faith? The good news is that faith moves God. And Jesus is so encouraging when he says this, if there is a mountain in your life, In other words, if there's something that needs to be moved that is so big that physically it's impossible to move and you simply have faith the size of a mustard seed, the smallest little seed, and if you just have faith in my direction, that moves my heart. In other words, your faith may sometimes be really strong. There may be other times when it's kinda strong and there may be other times when you're struggling And God loves you enough to work with the faith you have. I love the story in scripture of a a dad who's in agony because his son is hurting. And to the moms listening, you know, we know you can take a lot of pain, but when someone comes after a kid, there's nothing that hurts like that. Any parent would know this feeling. And his son is in agony. He's been thrown into the fire by demons and such. And the dad's desperate. He wants to believe that Jesus can help, but he doesn't want to get his hopes up so high. And he just it's like, Jesus, if you can do anything, please do. And Jesus is kind of like, anything is possible for those who believe. And the father says something that honestly so captures where I live so much of the time. I mean, if you can do anything, Jesus says, I can do anything. And the father exclaims, I do believe. And then he says, help me overcome my unbelief. I do believe, but I'm still human. I've seen you do it with other people. And I'm kind of reading into his thought. I've seen you do it before. I think you can do it for my son, but I'm just not sure. If I get my hopes up, but then you don't, it's going to be really difficult. So I do know you can but I'm still just not sure in this particular case. And Jesus looks on with a loving understanding of this imperfect faith. I'm doing the best I can. Help me in this. And if I can get real with you, and hopefully you don't lose respect, but throughout my walk with Jesus, there's been many times where I've had to pray with people, and there's been this one um, affliction that every time I've ever prayed or had seen it, uh, I've never seen God heal it m- myself in person. And then there was a time at church where I was asked to go pray for somebody who had this particular and this certain affliction. And at first I'm going, oh no. I mean, I, mean, I was like, oh, can we send somebody else? Can you can you see somebody else go pray with them, please? And But, you know, I'm saying, okay, I've got to do this. And I'm going... You know, I need God to help me overcome my unbelief. I do believe, but it's just not perfect right now. You know, and so we prayed in the car as we're going over my friend and I and I'm praying, God, give us faith. God, help us honor you. God, would you be wild by our faith? And so we quoted scripture. We prayed together. We walked in. We did what scripture says. We anointed with oil. We prayed the prayer of faith. We believe that God could, and we asked Him to do it, and nothing happened. And in some moments we feel more, and other moments it's like more like, "Help me! I don't feel that much right now." But whatever I have, God, as imperfect as it is, I'm bringing to You. I believe God. You hear our prayers, and You do miracles. And some would say, Pastor Chris, you're a pastor. You pray for someone. If she wasn't healed, doesn't that shake your faith? Doesn't it rattle you? No. After walking with Jesus for as long as I have, it doesn't rattle me because my faith isn't based on what God does. You see, our faith is based on who God is. Our faith isn't based on what God does. In the immediate moment to a specific request, because oftentimes he'll do exactly what we're asking him to do and he kind of shows up and shows off. And other times in ways that I may not understand, he's like, I'm not gonna prove myself right now. Or maybe it may be be, um, you know what you, this would be kind of easy for you, but I actually have something eternally that's higher than your thoughts and different than your ability to understand. And even though it may hurt you now, even though it may grieve you, even though it may make you question the goodness of God, we still trust the goodness of God because our faith isn't based on what he does in a moment. Our faith is based on what he did for us on the cross. It doesn't get any better than that. A God who becomes one of us and sends his son, Jesus, his son to shed his blood that our sins would be forgiven. Our faith isn't based on seeing the results to a miracle. Our faith is based on the character and the goodness of a God who sacrificed his son. This will mess with some people's theology, I know it. And some people will disagree, and you have the right to be wrong. I'm just kind of playing with you. You know what? There'll be things I may say, and you may disagree with me, and that is okay. Let's have a conversation about it. Let's discuss it. Let's be open to hear what people have to say because maybe uh, maybe we're not understanding something right, or maybe I'm not seeing it right. I love those type of conversations. But I'm passionate about this. We need to understand that when God sent Jesus... The highest purpose of Jesus' coming was not to heal our bodies, but to save our souls. The highest purpose. I'm not saying that he doesn't heal our bodies, but the highest purpose, I have come that they may have life life and life more abundantly. I have come to seek and save the lost. I didn't come for the righteous. I came for the sinners. I came to give my life as a ransom. His highest purpose isn't to heal our bodies, it's to save our souls. I'll show it to you in Mark's gospel, Mark 2, you can see it. There's four good old boys, I would would love to be friends with these guys, and one of them, his name was Bubba. It doesn't say that in the Bible, it doesn't say that anywhere, but I know it to be true, God revealed it to me, I can just feel it. His name had to be Bubba, and he's the leader of the ring, and he's got another friend who's unable to walk. And so Bubba gets his three buddies and he says, we're going to get our buddy to Jesus and nothing's going to stop us. So they drag this old boy who can't walk, who knows how far, maybe they're carrying him, he gets heavy, they're dragging him and they take him to the Bible study where Jesus is there teaching. I mean, there's so many people at this Bible study that they can't get their friend in and they're just wondering, what are we going to do? We can't get him in there. Nothing." And they're just like, nothing's going to stop us. Take him up on top of the roof. We'll find a way, boys. They drag their friend up on the top of the roof. And then Bubba says, dig a hole. I just know it was Bubba. It's not in the Bible, but I can sense it, right? Sometimes God reveals these things. And it's like, and they were like, we can't dig a hole in this. This isn't our house. We'll figure it out later. So they get down and they start digging a hole in this thatch roof. And then there's a hole, the light shining in. Jesus is doing his Bible study. And they say, okay, you grab one arm, you grab one arm, I'll grab a leg. And they take their buddy and they hold him out as far as they can. Bubba looks down, but man, it looks like there's another eight or nine feet. That could hurt bad. He goes, well, he's paralyzed anyway. On three, drop him. One, two, three. Something like that happened. I mean, this guy gets in on the Bible study and the first thing Jesus does is forgive his sins. The first thing Jesus does, read it, is forgive his sins. Before he heals his body, he healed his body, but he first forgave his sins. Because when Jesus came, his highest calling wasn't to heal our bodies. It was to save our souls. Here's a little spoiler alert. Are you ready for this? If God heals you of cancer, guess what? Hate to break it to you, you're still going to die. Yeah, technically, if the rapture comes back, you'll fly away, but if Jesus doesn't come back, you're going to die. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Next time Lazarus died, he was on his own, right? You're still going to die because the highest purpose isn't what happens to your body for 70 or 80 years on earth. Your highest purpose is that your life would glorify him. So when I pray, I pray with every bit of faith I have. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's a mustard seed. But I'm bringing my imperfect faith before him. You can't stop me from believing in the miracle power, the miraculous working power of our God. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. And even if he doesn't do what I think he should do, I still believe because my faith isn't based on what he does or doesn't do. My faith is based on who he is. So what I want to do today is I want to give you a chance to join me in belief believe that God would do miracles. While we don't, we, we do, maybe you have some sickness in your body. Maybe you have something that you would love to see God heal, and I believe Everyone that can hear my voice right now, whoever you are in the world, wherever you're in their living room, in your car, it doesn't matter. I believe if you have sickness in your body, if you have anything that you need to be healed of, that our God can do it right now. He's going to take our whatever faith that we have, just believe and put that faith, whether it's a mustard seed or whether it's the, the wow type faith, I believe that right now, if you're hearing my voice, God can touch and is going to heal your body. And I want to even broaden this prayer for a moment and recognize God doesn't just heal bodies, but scripture says that God heals the brokenhearted. He binds up wounds. And I'm sure today there are some people who are very brokenhearted, and there are some people who have been a victim of abuse or hurt, been lied about, or maybe perhaps you're hurting in a way today that I don't even know. And just don't need healing in your body, but you need healing in your soul. I believe today, right now in this moment, our God can come and touch you. And if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, if you've never invited him to your life, I just reach out to you say, do it now. Don't miss out on this miraculous God intervening in your life, changing it forever in a way you could never, ever believe. And if you believe that, write it in the comments somewhere, wherever you're listening, or, or send me a message. I want to agree with you and be praying for you. But right now, I'm believing right now. Now, God is going to touch your body and bring physical healing, that cancer would be healed, that any sickness would be healed, mental illness would be healed, whatever it would be, as you would even right where you're at, raise your hand and said, God, I believe that you're a miraculous God and you can heal me. And in the name of Jesus, be healed. You know, I just felt like right now, I'm going to do this, and it's going to be, you know, Jesus sometimes used mud, and you spit to healing, and I believe the Lord just spoke to me right now. We have a song called God Mode that we play at the intro of our, our podcast. It's by my great friend, DPB, and you can get this song on iTunes. It's called God Mode by DPB. I'm going to play that song, and I believe as this song is played, it's going to even evolve, it's going to evoke more healing in your life than you could ever be. Believe, And it may not be your style. Don't, don't put it away. Don't just shut it off. I believe God is going to do something miraculous as this song plays. God bless you, and I'll see you next week as we continue in When Pigs Fly. Receive your healing in Jesus' name.
1: comes up on me yeah. and the spirit jumps upon it and you know my god he owns it yeah. and you know he wants to show it because the spirit keeps on flowing yeah. healing and miracles another in the flowing yeah. i'm a god more, yeah. i'm a god more, uh. i'm a god, uh. jesus christ check it, god, check it check it do you know what happens when god steps up on the scene god can fix everyone and any in between he said jesus to shed his blood to intervene he took your dirty lunch so you could be clean do y'all understand what i mean to have faith unseen Through Christ I can do all things Now bring you to the altar See what I mean <laughs> Glory just drop God just healed your hip in the hop Your legs, your feet, the flips and the flops, arms, necks, back, Jesus tried twice. He's my empty, he's the king of bone pops. Spirit keep moving, please don't stop. Revival is moving through the streets and blocks. Yes, this is really what we want. Do y'all understand what I mean? You gotta have faith unseen. Through Christ, I could do all things. Now bring it to the altar, see what I mean. This. us
0: Thank you for listening to today's message. You can hear all of Pastor Chris's messages at www.godmode.life. Join us next week as we continue on in this series. Please leave a review of this podcast at podchaser.com.